Broadcasting from the Hip Hop Weekly Studios, I'd like to welcome you to another episode of Civic Cipher. I am your host, Ramses Ja. So yeah, that is Ramses Ja. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm still Q, <laughs> but the energy's—you know what I mean? My energy's real high today. Good. Um, I know sometimes our show doesn't allow for that, oh, but I don't know if you can hear it through the mic. I'm smiling while I'm speaking to yeah. you today, and I'm. I'm noticeably excited about the ability to smile while doing this show that we do. Well, uh, I hope that you are able to smile a little longer because we do have a crazy show. My best. We have a crazy show lined up for you today. Um, First things first, we're going to be talking about Breonna Taylor. Um, You might remember in 2020, uh, a lot of the protests, of course, were about George Floyd and that particular injustice. But uh, uh, another name that was uh, just as big. And, a, and an incident that was just as pivotal was the death of Breonna Taylor. Well, as it turns out, there is a lot more details about her death yes, sir. coming to light. And Bad actors that you weren't aware of. Right. And we're, we're definitely going to need to talk about that. Um, and uh, we're also going to be spending some time talking about um, a video that we were sent of an older black woman getting attacked by a police officer outside of a grocery store uh it's been shared lots of times on social media it's definitely a viral thing now. yeah yeah and we couldn't get to it last week on the show so we we're doing our best to play catch up um and i promise we talk about viral videos all the time but this one is kind of a little different we're talking to older black woman at a grocery store for something and of course she didn't commit so um that and so much more to stay tuned for but first and foremost Let's start off on a positive note. How about some Ebony Excellence? Shall we? We shall. Today's Ebony Excellence is brought to you by Major Threads. For the finest in menswear, check MajorThreads.com. All right. We're talking about a guy named Nicholas Perkins, graduate of both Howard University and Fayetteville State University. He's made history as the new owner of the international Fuddruckers restaurant brand. He was formerly one of the company's largest franchisees, but now has full ownership of all 92 of the company's restaurants in the United States, Canada, Panama, and Mexico. Wow. Perkins closed the deal for approximately $18.5 million through his affiliate Black Titan Franchise Systems, LLC. He told Essence Magazine, quote, I always wanted to become a part of this iconic brand. I just didn't realize that one day I'd end up owning it, unquote. Perkins, who was born in Fayetteville, North Carolina, obtained his Bachelor of Science degree in Business Administration and Management and has an honorary doctorate from Fayetteville State University in HBCU. He later went to Howard University, also in HBCU, where he earned his Master of Business Administration degree. So, um, again, on this show, we do our best to celebrate Ebony Excellence. There's not a lot of places that you might... uh, encounter a story like this nicholas perkins you are a champion bro exactly exactly and it, it is our pleasure to uh, bring some attention to what it is that you've done to shine some light on what it is that you're doing and to highlight you as an example of ebony excellence and of course we definitely applaud black ownership we support black businesses here and we know that a lot of our listeners do as well so uh where we can take the time to highlight someone who's um doing something amazing uh, we'll always try to do that. And at present, and looks like for the foreseeable future, Fuddruckers is now black owned. So do your best to support. 
All right. Um, now we do have a video. Um, it's on the desktop, so make sure you get that ready. Um, but first, before we get to this uh, video, I want to make sure that we paint a picture for those who may have forgotten or who may, maybe you never knew about Breonna Taylor. But the quick and dirty version of the story is that Breonna Taylor was killed in her apartment sleeping, or I believe it was her boyfriend's apartment. Um, she was sleeping and the police just came and shot up the place and she died. And the general attitude of the police was that it was very cavalier and it was just kind of like, you know, that's the cost of doing business. And then they tried to um, paint her as sort of a villain by her proximity to her boyfriend. Um, they tried to suggest that the boyfriend was somehow involved in some nefarious activities. He wasn't. Right. And on and on. And then, you know, later the stories came out that she was a first responder, um, that she, I believe she was an EMT, was. It's a word that we have to use here. She was an EMT, um, if I'm not mistaken. And uh, just a, a, a normal, upstanding citizen. And the police ended her life. And uh, we, as a people, alongside our allies, um, push back against the idea that this was just sort of collateral damage. This is just kind of the cost of police doing business, that this is okay. You know, you got to break a few eggs to make an omelet, that sort of attitude that was kind of being um, pushed by police and then bolstered by, you know, right wing uh, um, pundits, et cetera, that were trying to, again, paint uh, Breonna Taylor as um, somehow criminal or criminal adjacent by you know, her relationship to a man who was not proven to be a criminal at all. Now, now that you're caught up to speed, um, I need to let you know that ever since that took place, since the police, you know, shot up her house, there's been all kinds of crazy stories. Of course, the police start with their initial story, which suggests that uh, Breonna Taylor's boyfriend was the first one to shoot, prompting them to want to shoot back. Can I interrupt, please? This is America, right? Mm -hmm. The Second Amendment <laughs> touting United States of America, mm -hmm. the have a gun in case there's intruders in your home so you can mm -hmm. defend your family, America, mm -hmm. justifying that this man was murdered mm -hmm. because he shot first when someone broke into his home mm -hmm. and that's why he deserved to die. Yeah. Okay. I just wanted to make sure we were talking about the same, same country, America, same yeah. people, same yeah. People making the same argument, yeah. contradicting the okay, never mind. Right. Go and this it. and this is where the conversation started with um should police be using no knock warrants? Um I've covered tons of stories about police using no knock warrants to bust into people's house, black people's houses mostly. And black people sometimes they live in rough neighborhoods, whatever their whatever their situation is. I'm sure but the statistics on the, the On who they use no knock warrants, uh, you would be largely skewed toward black and brown people. Yeah, sure, sure, absolutely. Now, um, for these folks that might live in a rougher neighborhood, they might have a gun. They might be very um, 
on edge about someone breaking into their house, doing a home and anything like that. So imagine someone kicking in the door. Um, even if they say it's the police, if you don't know for certain, all you know is there's a bunch of voices and movement in your house. Especially when there's nothing that stops anyone from saying exactly that. Exactly. Exactly. My point. So, you know, there's been a lot of pushback against the use of no-knock warrants. And um, this was one instance that kind of brought that to, you know, public consciousness. Add to that being at home with your lady. Sleep. Yeah. So um, that was the life of Breonna Taylor. Unfortunately, like so many people on this show, we know her mostly for having died. Um, not for the life that she lived. And that's just an unfortunate reality for uh, a lot of families that their children are known for being killed. Um, I was I was talking to Emmett Till's cousin <laughs> recently. And, um, you know, she and I had a moment. Uh, for those that, you know, follow our work on the Black Information Network um, daily podcast, um, we had a moment where you know, basically I had to realize that Emmett Till was not the person who helped change uh, and, and add fuel to the civil rights movement. It was his mother that did that. But we associate Emmett Till with a civil rights activist because he's a large figure. But the only reason he's a large figure is because he died. And that's what activated his mother. And because he was murdered, more murdered. specifically. Yeah. Exactly. He didn't become. He was dragged and he didn't drown. Notorious and, and iconic because he died. He was murdered. Yeah, yeah. It was the manner in which he was awful. murdered and the lack of reason, the lack of actual justifiable reason, the obvious racist reasons as to why he was murdered. His age, mm -hmm. when, the why, the where are the reasons why we know his name. Unfortunately, not for what could have been a wonderful life lived. Yeah. And, you know, the one sobering thought that often pops into my head after we talk about these things is that these people lived the last moments of their life in horror and fear, uh, maybe crying, screaming, uh, afraid. They don't know what's going on, in you pain. know, in pain. Absolutely. pain. Sure. And then it's their life is over. And so they never, they died their last moments were perhaps feeling like this is a senseless senseless death they don't get to see what comes on the other side of it which is okay this galvanized uh, a nation and a people and, and allies to to change things but anyway i digress rihanna taylor um there's been kind of like rumors circulating since rihanna taylor's death that there was more to that story than we were led to believe. Obviously, the police told their version of the story. Um, again, it's suggesting that Brianna Taylor's boyfriend shot first and all this sort of stuff. Um, and since then, you know, there's been a trial and all this sort of stuff, and all these things are now coming out. And we are starting to see how deep this goes. And, you know, we, we entitled this segment uh, was Brianna Taylor's death a conspiracy. Um, but I don't want that to in any way suggest that it's a conspiracy theory because the sources that we're pulling from today are exceptionally credible sources. Um, we're going from Yahoo to, uh, what is this, CNN to, um, uh, I think we have Washington Post, you know, some some credible sources here. But before we go any further, let's play the video just to kind of help bring you up to speed and then we'll fill in the gaps. 
So it took everyone two years to figure out that I was right. Earlier today, I spoke with the family of Brianna Taylor. Morning, they were informed that the Justice Department has charged four current and former Louisville Metro Police Department officers with federal crimes related to Ms. Taylor's death. The mayor of Louisville, Kentucky, started a hit squad to harass people of color in poor neighborhoods. The house that Brianna Taylor was renting from was sitting in the middle of a gentrification project that the mayor's developer buddies need to get rid of before they could start construction. So after cops arrested an actual drug dealer 10 miles and 10 minutes after, they faked a search warrant to go harass Breonna Taylor. Those alleged crimes include civil rights offenses, unlawful conspiracies, unconstitutional use of force, and obstruction offenses. We allege that the defendants knew their actions and falsifying the affidavit could create a dangerous situation. Yeah, the dangerous situation was getting Breonna Taylor shot so the city could buy her house for a dollar. What, you thought I made that number up? Without a lawful objective justifying the use of deadly force, Defendant Hankison traveled away from Ms. Taylor's doorway to the side of the building and fired 10 shots into Breonna Taylor's apartment through a bedroom window and a sliding glass door that were both covered with blinds and curtains. Yeah, remember all those Blue Lives Matter people talking about, oh, Breonna Taylor's boyfriend shot one round first and then all the cops were returning fire. That's not what happened. One cop went to the side of the house and emptied a mag into a window. Yeah, you clowns are trying to be like, oh, the cops are scared for their lives, trying to give them qualified immunity when one dude literally went to the side of the house to do a hit job. Okay. So, um, obviously, there's a lot there. Okay. Um, now, you couldn't see that. The, uh, the gentleman that was speaking there, he has all his sources. So, that was a, a video that we got from TikTok, and it just kind of condenses everything that we're talking about today. Um, but it, uh, critically has all of the sources in the video. Now we have the video up on our social media. It's at civic cipher. If you want to check that out. And then of course you can check each of those sources themselves. This one, I kind of wanted to make sure that, um, we, we covered our bases as much as we could, because this is starting to get into, um, Conspiracy, which is an, indeed what he was talking about. This is what the charges are um, for the police officers involved. And it goes even higher up than that. There's developers, there's you know elected officials, et cetera. And the loss of life uh, of Breonna Taylor's is just kind of, I, I don't think that they expected that. They expected it to just kind of be something that they were able to do more or less quietly and then go from there. So, well, that that assumption is based on the status quo, right? Right. We, Thank we you. For saying this, that. this unassuming black person mm -hmm. uh, creates some suspicion around their character, criminalize them. It's a no story, mm -hmm. and it goes away. They just had really, really bad timing. Yep. They decided to do this at a moment where most of the world cared way more than they usually would have. Sure. And then, and and then at the end of the day, um, them buying that house for a dollar was kind of the nail in the coffin. It's what sort of sealed the deal, right? So this, this whole plan was in motion. And there are people that look at this and be like, oh, there's no way that that's true. Allow me to further paint this picture. So first thing, let me start. Um, I'm going to go back to July, 2020. You remember I said that um, there's been these sorts of whispers surrounding Breonna Taylor's death going all the way back to her death. So this is July 2020. So this was three years ago, almost to the day. All right. Um, this comes from CNN.com. The headline reads, uh, Warrant in fatal encounter between Breonna Taylor and police was linked to gentrification plan 
family's lawyer's claim. Okay, claim. So this is what they thought at the time. They couldn't prove they were they were still waiting to prove this. All right. Uh, the police raid of Brianna Taylor's home that ended with police killing her was connected to a political plan to clear a Louisville, Kentucky street for a real estate development, according to an amended lawsuit filed by Taylor's mother. I want to make a correction here. Um, I'm seeing that this is Brianna Taylor's house, and I thought this was her boyfriend's house. It, there's been a lot of stuff about this case, and it's been some time, but I want to make sure I was clear about that. All right. Um the amended lawsuit filed Sunday in Jefferson Circuit Court and obtained by CNN said her death was, quote, the culmination of radical political and police conduct, unquote. The police were used in an effort to vacate homes on Elliott Avenue for a, quote, high dollar real estate development, including new homes, a cafe and an amphitheater, a cafe and an amphitheater, according to the lawsuit. One of the primary roadblocks to this unit and the real estate development project was an ex-boyfriend of Brianna Taylor who rented a home on Elliott Avenue, the lawsuit alleges. Okay, so I take it back. I guess it was her boyfriend's home. Again, there's lots of stuff here. Um, but I, I'm, I wanted to bring that up because it illustrates how far back this goes. I believe that she was killed in, that might have been March um of 2020 if i'm not mistaken why am i thinking march um in any case um could, yeah q's, q's looking that up for me so i want to make sure i got the right um but these rumors started to come out in july this this article i just read from is from july of 2020 so that's not nothing and it's it can't be based on she nothing was killed in march of okay. 2020. march perfect okay um all right now i want to move on so this is from August of 2022. So again, this was uh, almost a year ago now. Um, and this comes from Yahoo News slash Blavity. All right. The headline reads, a cop is accused of falsifying search warrant used in raid of Breonna Taylor's home. Now her death is being connected to a housing development project. Okay. In the years since the police killing of Breonna Taylor, the 26-year-old woman who was fatally shot after a raid on her Louisville, Kentucky home Questions about the origin of the search warrant have dominated conversations. Now, the community is learning that it wasn't how the warrant was carried out, but why it was issued in the first place. Three new officers, Kelly Hannah Goodlett, Joshua Janes, and Kyle Meany, have been charged with federal crimes in connection to the killing of Taylor, including unlawful conspiracies, obstruction offenses, use of excessive force and federal civil rights offenses as the Department of Justice previously confirmed. Now, again, I want you to, for, for anybody that's skeptical, anybody that thinks that I'm making this stuff up, um, check our social media at Civic Cipher on Instagram. Okay, the video's there. All the sources are cited. Okay, and you can look this up yourself. We're not imagining this unfair treatment of our people. We don't make this stuff up. We don't want to just keep complaining about the way things are, but we have to speak up for ourselves because we deserve better than this. This shows the cavalier attitude, not just of police, but of developers and big business and even elected officials to just cast aside black, brown, marginalized, poor, LGBTQIA+, you name it, individuals, often enough for more profit. And... For people that prioritize profit over the gift, the beauty, the sanctity that is human life, 
before you move on. I don't want people to think that that's a small number of people. It's a lot of people. There are so many people. Right. That prioritize profit. Yeah. And the, this American dream of capitalist, of capitalist superiority mm-hmm. over basic human life, basic human dignity. Their profit and ability to make money is more important than your life. And enough people agree with them that they can do things like this. And mostly there'd be no repercussions for it. So watch this, Q. Okay. You're listening to me and Q have this conversation right now. I want you, as you listen, to ask yourself a question. Okay. I want you to ask yourself if this is okay. Like morally, I want you to ask yourself, is it okay to be upset with black people for speaking up? I want you to ask yourself, if this is the story that you're hearing about, how many stories are you not hearing about? You can look at data and statistics and so forth, but oftentimes those don't show the real story like this. This woman is, her life is over. Black lives matter. It is the minimum. We don't. We didn't say black money matters. We didn't say black parties matter. We, we didn't say black happiness. Thank you. <laughs> we didn't say black freedom. We didn't say black rights. Oh man, lives. Yeah, man. Isn't that crazy? And you know, when we push back and we have examples like this, and we say, "Hey, listen. You know, look. This there's there's a lot of stuff going on. There's a lot of moving pieces here. There's this this." immense machine that takes all these different components to work and every single component is entirely apathetic about the well-being and indeed the lives of black brown marginalized lgbtqia plus you name it people and in particular i mean we do civic cipher we we talk about black people because often enough we're at the very bottom with 100 of the weight right on our necks and so again this isn't something where it's we we like to complain and when we show the proof and we cite the sources, people say, oh, that's a one-off. No, this is, how, this is how you can peer into the data that you have access to, the government data, .gov, okay, that shows uh, outcomes with respect to sentencing, with respect to police misconduct, with respect to police brutality, police killings, and, and every other thing in society. You're talking about... Um, how, how much people get paid, healthcare outcomes, uh, environmental racism, like all sorts of things that were compa- all the battlefronts. Okay. Now I want to read a little bit more here um, before we move on. All right. Goodlett, James, and Meany falsified information to get the warrant, alleging that Taylor was receiving illegal packages at the residence, despite allegedly knowing that information was false. The Washington Post reports. They are also being accused of covering up their activity along with the police department being connected to the Elliott Avenue project, according to WLKY. The Elliott Avenue project is a development project. A document describing the project alleges that the neighborhood's social and urban fabric has deteriorated over recent decades due to high levels of disinvestment and crime. It also states that the department of, I think this is development, um, Louisville, Louisville's Office of Community Development 
the city's entity behind the project in partnership with Keeping It Real Inc., a local nonprofit partner, are intervening in an effort to stabilize and reinvigorate this residential community within West Louisville. All right, now here's where it gets funny. Since the start of the project, the city of Louisville has acquired and gained control of several properties in the area, including 2424 Elliott Avenue, which was once the home of Taylor and her ex-boyfriend, Jamarcus Glover. After Taylor's death, the city was quick to secure Glover's rented home and got quite the deal for it, too. According to Wave, the city bought the home for $1. The estimated home value was more than $17,000. Okay, so here we are three years after Rihanna Taylor's death. We were out there protesting just because we didn't agree with how it was done. You shouldn't kill somebody in their sleep in their home when they haven't done anything wrong. But now we see Let exactly say, what it was about. Even if she'd done a list of things wrong, she doesn't deserve to die in her home in her sleep. Even if she was a criminal, even if she had done whatever she was being accused of, whatever they got this no-knock warrant for, even if she'd done it, to be executed in her sleep was not the outcome that anybody should have been okay with. 